Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Sarcasm Speaks, Jared and Bob here, coming at you on a Saturday matinee. Uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these, but if you're watching on YouTube, you see there's actually sunlight shining through on my face. It's not nighttime when we're recording one of these. Um, but here we are. I got a, a bit of an opening, opening, not rant, but it's a thought that might turn into a rant um, of the second half of it. So I golfed yesterday, no, Thursday, um, Thursday night. I went out and I played at Chamawa. I just walked nine at the end of the day. I stuck out of work a little bit early at like four o'clock to go play. Um, and previously this year, so I bought in like a bunch of different balls, like just over the course of months, right? Like cases of balls. So I got like, you know, the Callaway super soft is, is one of my balls that I use typically like early season, late season. I bought in the Snell get sums, which are kind of, in my opinion, the equivalent to like a Callaway super soft, um, Snell is just a little bit cheaper. They're direct to consumer for anyone that doesn't know about golf products, things like that. I do like the Snell, uh, ball. I have a case of the old primes or the MTB prime. I think it was, or just the MTB black. Sorry. That was the old model. Now it's the prime. Um, so I still have a case of those. I just have a bunch of cases. I bought, um, a case of pro V ones over the course of the last year. Um, and I hadn't really used them. So I, typically reserve the better balls for, you know, mid to late summer when my game is better and the weather is nicer. Um, cause a case of pro V ones is like 55 bucks, right? It's like 54 99, whatever it's, it is what it is. So I buy like one a year. So it's also the first time I've ever used pro V ones out of a box, right? Like I found them in the woods. Like I've had, them. I think I've gotten, I've had like a sleeve before, but like, it might've been like two years ago, right? Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't that good, whatever. I'm not that I'm good now, but I'm a lot better now. So I played Thursday night with Pro V Titleist Pro V ones, uh, for the first time ever. And holy fucking shit. Uh, if anyone out there tries to tell you that the ball doesn't make a difference, they are completely full of shit. Uh, because I was, hitting the ball way fucking further than I ever have. And this isn't just driver. This is all my clubs. Like in a way, I, my first couple holes were like kind of shitty because I was way off for my distances, which if you've been listening to the show long, long enough over the last few months or whatever, you'll know that my 56 degree wedge is completely dialed in to 76 yards. Like that is, that's it. When I get 76, Boom. I know I'm taking the 56 and I'm going to put that thing within feet of the pin, right? Like it's just, I'm super confident. Wouldn't you know on the second hole, my second shot in, I had 76 yards to the pin. Well, it was 76 yards to the middle. It was a front pin. So it was 76 yards to the middle of the green. So I was like, I'll play 76. If it goes a little long, that's fine. Whatever. Like I'm not, I'm trying to not play to pins, right? just play distances. I hit the ball and it went over the back of the green. Like it went probably 84 yards, 84, 85 yards when I was planning 76. So what is that? An extra eight yards roughly that I got out of it. Um, 
it came back a little bit off the hill and I was still on, I was on the fringe on the back of the green, but it was tough with the front pin. Um, I think I, I forget whether I got out of there with par or pokey, but it wasn't that bad. Um, on the fourth hole, I absolutely smoked a driver, like made perfect contact, middle of the face, ball went dead straight with a little baby fade on it, caught the caught the fairway, rolled down a little bit, and I use 18 birdies to like hit the GPS. So I like click it when I'm on the t- at the tee, and then I click it when I get to the ball. 296 yards. I hit the ball. Now, granted, it is a little bit downhill, but like still, it was a 296 yard drive. I've never hit a ball 296 yards, and I've piped some balls before. So, like I said, anybody that tries to tell you that the ball doesn't make a difference, it does. Now, that being said, right? Like, if you're a 30 handicap, I probably, I mean, it's up to you, right? Maybe you have the money for it, but like, if you're a 30 handicap, I probably wouldn't be like, oh, dude, you have to go buy Pro V1s, but like do some research, look into it. And like, yeah, they're more expensive, but holy shit, they're fucking way better than like anything I've used. Now, granted, I haven't used um, the Snell Blacks this year, right? It's last year's model. I'm kind of, kind of, fucking lame, but I'm a little sentimental about it because they don't exist anymore. So I'm just hesitant to open the box and use them. But I did buy a couple of the MTB primes, which is essentially the new black, right? For this year's model after they did a rebrand. Um, so yeah, I'm interested in those. Like I haven't used those, but like, yeah, I was just kind of like blown away at how different the ball was. Are these Pro V1s or Pro V1Xs? Pro V1s. Okay. Yeah, so I don't really want to nerd out on golf ball talk. Like, (laughs) I don't want to do that. But yes, I mean, like, obviously the golf ball does, like, make a difference. But it also depends on how you deliver the club. Or I guess it's it, it, it depends on the characteristics that you then put on the ball. So... Like, for example, if I, if I took, cause I've done this before, I've tested this before, but like a pro V1, pro V1 X, the pro V1 X is supposed to spin more. So theoretically the pro V1 would go further. Right. And I believe that is correct with my testing. And then the Snell, like the, again, they changed the models, but the MTB black on paper was supposed to be like the pro v1 in the x the mtb x was supposed to be like a pro v1 x but what i found is the way that i deliver the club pro v1 would spin the least which meant it would go the furthest but i was also getting too little spin on certain clubs and then the mtb black and the pro v1 x were almost identical for me and then the x or the mtbx the snell x that spun like crazy and went the way short so it's like i couldn't really play the mtbx so i mean i've kind of just played like pro v1x and snells and like so this is the thing though like people try to tell me 
Cause, cause, cause this is, this is the, this is like the two ends of the spectrum. There's the ends of the spectrum that people will hit anything and think it all does the same. Right. And then it doesn't, but then there's other people who think like, oh, well, if you're seeing, you know, X on the golf course, like you change the golf ball and the golf ball will like magically do something. I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't because I was going to use this for my, I might save it for my final thought, but like, I've been like trying to figure out my wedges for two years, two seasons, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I did get new irons, So my gapping kind of changed like whole thing. But um, in that I I was hitting like the Snell Black and the Pro V1X. And the other part is even as a two handicap, I don't hit the ball consistently enough to really know the finite or to reap the finite differences. Because on one hole, you might hit like the Pro V1X and it's supposed to spin more and you catch it clean and you're hitting into an upslope and the ball comes back a little bit. And then on the next hole, you take that same ball and you go, oh, I'll just throw it beyond the pin and have it have it spin back. Well, you caught it a little bit heavy, and now there's no spin on that ball. So no, it doesn't come back. Like right, right. that's the other part is like some of these differences are so finite um, that you can kind of get away with like anything. Yeah. But then again, some of the balls, there isn't a finite difference. Like Callaway, Chrome Soft, probably X's. I don't even know. I, I don't fucking play Callaways. But like one of those balls is supposed to be like crazy spinny. So it's like if you're someone who doesn't really put a lot of spin, hey, fuck off. If you're someone who doesn't put like a lot of spin on the ball, well, then the X's are going to, ha- or the Chrome Soft is going to be a ball for you. But if you're right. someone who spins it like crazy, well, then you need a lower spinning ball. And yes, you will see differences there. Hey, stop. Leo's Leo digging just digging in the back. Yeah, he's yeah. digging the couch. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he was sound asleep upstairs. Like yeah. I had I had to check for fucking signs of life at one point when he was laying down. Yeah, but now and you're then, trying to do. And something. Now I come down here and he's like, yeah. "Let's dig." I'm yeah, ready to dig. <laughs> I don't know why he just doesn't hop on the couch and sleep, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, but then it's like so, cunty Chris, like. And uh, actually, if you if you are a golfer and you want to know like what golf ball you should use, like you care. Now, some people don't like you don't care and that's cool because you don't play enough and you're not spending the money. Like, no problem. Right. Like, I completely fucking get it. Like, I will be the last person to tell you spend 60 bucks on a dozen of balls if you're going to pump six of them OB. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. We've moved on to pillows. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> um but ball namic google ball namic and it kind of gives you a profile of like what you should do now to get the most accurate results you need a launch monitor but right. like this is but this is kind of what i mean like if you are someone who cares this much you probably can get access to a launch monitor in some yeah. way shape or form i mean you just go Whether to a simulator place yeah, whether you whether you go to a place and get some figures or you know someone or you fucking right. message me, like whatever. Like um, and like that spits it out. So like Cunty Chris, good player, plays Titleist AVXs. Right. And a lot of people are like, oh, AVXs. No, you play a Pro V1. You find the Pro V1 model that works for you. Well, they all spin too much for him because he right. puts he puts spin on the ball. Right. 
and he launches it a certain way. So the AVX is launch a little bit lower. They spin a little bit less. They're good for him. Like, right. That's kind of like how this sort of goes. Yeah. So it's like finding, finding the ball, like they're not built different. But I will also say certain people, if you give them a Pro V1X, they won't hit it good. They'll yeah. hit it too high, too spinny, and kind of shitty. You give them a super soft and all of a sudden they hit like fucking bombs with it. Right. Like that used to be the ball I would use on off the tee and scrambles is I'd play a super soft off the tee and then I would just switch it out. And people are like, you can't do that. It's the scramble. Scrambles are the worst form of fucking golf. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> just fucking cheats anyway. That is by far the least egregious thing I could do out there. Right. Right. So like more recently, I have been playing super soft and like just the switch between the super soft and the pro V one is like, holy shit. So like you had said about ball dynamic, um, they do like an actual like data entry stuff, right? You can oh, it, figure uh, out also, what ball. Yeah. It's, it's also 40 bucks. So right. you do have to pay for that. So that's that. So similar to that, it's not necessarily a ball fitting, but if you go to mygolfspy.com, they just released because I follow them on Instagram and Twitter. They're they're a really great like golf website. Their whole thing is they test review. Yeah, reviews. They and test testing. and review everything. So like clubs, balls, shoes, gloves, like they anything umbrellas. I think they did one too. Like they do like completely honest and unbiased reviews on all things golf. Like I said, from from the ball all the way up to the umbrella. Like they have reviews on it on everything. So they just released their 2023 ball review uh, like last week or within the last week. Um, so I went through and I looked at it and I compared you. It's like a drop down menus and fucking scatter plot charts and bar graphs and all this stuff. They took data over like the course of a month. Like they did it, I think, between June and July or July and August or whatever. And then they compiled all the data and, you know, put it into this format so people can can analyze it themselves. Um, So I, you know, selected a couple different models, right? Like the Pro V1, the both Snells, the Callaway, Supersoft and all this stuff. And like, the Pro V1 was more towards like the top right end of the scatter plot. And the Super Soft was closer to like the bottom left of the scatter plot. So it's like it's a softer ball. And the the x-axis was compression. And I think, or maybe I know that <clears throat> the x-axis was distance and the y-axis was compression. So the Super Soft was the softest ball on there, but it also traveled the least distance. And the Pro V1 was a little bit more um, firm, but it went further. I think the firmest ball on there might have been like the Pro V1X. Um, that might have been the hardest ball on the on the scatter plot, at least when I filtered it, right, for the stuff I was looking at. Um, and I think the AVX might have been the furthest distance overall. But like the Pro V1 was, or the left dash, it was the Pro V1. Yeah, the left, left dash allegedly left dash goes the furthest. Was the furthest distance. Um, I also don't think it's very easy to get those. Yeah, I, I've never seen them. Yeah, I think. You'd have to um, buy them probably from the Titleist website. Yeah, you probably have to, or yeah, or someone's got to order them. I don't know. I play I play with someone who nerds out on shit like that. Yeah. He said he, uh, he won a bunch of Pro Shop credit at some course. <laughs> So he's going to have the pro order him straight up left dashes because um, that's what he uses. But he also goes, 
in the golf in golf circles, he goes, it's also just as good as currency. He goes, because I can just sell those. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that's not not a bad idea. Um, so, yeah, it just, you know, I did notice a difference. It did feel a lot firmer, right? Like it didn't feel like I was hitting a rock, right? It's not like a Slazenger because I've hit Slazengers before and that feels like I just hit a rock like on the ground. Um, but I did notice the difference in like the feel between a Super Soft and a Pro V1. It sounds different. It feels different. Um but it went way fucking further. Like I said, I hit a drive 296. And on the first tee, that was the perfect, that was the best drive I hit all, all round. But like on the first tee, I hooked one. So it went left into the, um, what is that? The 10th fairway. But when I clicked it for the GPS, it was 270. So yeah, it went way offline into the 10th fairway off the first tee, but it still went 270. Right. And then on the third hole, I don't know if you remember the third hole at Chamawa. It's like the woods are on the right side and they have a net that goes like, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 feet in the air. And I absolutely piped a drive straight. Right. Like I was playing a little bit of a draw because my driver has been going left lately and it went dead straight and it went over the net. And I watched it. I was like, okay, it's right by this telephone pole or you know it looks like a telephone pole it's the post they use to hold the net up so i had it with this post over the net which again is 30 or 40 feet high however you know maybe it's close to like 35 feet split the difference so 35 feet in the air and when i punched the gps to see like where i was from the t it was 230 yards from the t so 230 yards out it was still 35 yards or 35 feet in the air right so like that would have went also very fucking far. So I lo- obviously I lost the ball, but because it went straight, it didn't go left, but it was going very far. So it's one of those like, okay, this is kind of an interesting f- development here. Cause like I said, I've never played with a, like a brand new recently, right? I've never played with a, with an out of the box pro V1. So just, Random golf thoughts, interesting stuff that I'll probably buy. I'll probably start buying at least one box a year to use, right? Like I said, in that summertime area, because I used to use Snells when the weather was nicer, just because I like them and they're cheaper. They're way fucking cheaper. Um, But yeah. And then, so then this kind of goes into like the rant part of it. I was playing with a guy who... Like I, I almost kind of felt like that lady. Uh, what the fuck's her name? Tiffany Gomez or whatever. The woman that went that got famous for being on the plane, who was probably like high and sleeping out. They're like oh, that yeah. motherfucker's not real. I was. I think I was playing with an equivalent of that guy on Thursday because he only spoke in like tropes and cliches. Like anytime, like it was a, I hit a bad shot or like it, you know, it popped up in the air, did something. He's like. I bet you've, you you probably hit it off the toe. And I was like, I don't know, man. I kind of felt a little healy, right? Because I'm also just being a cocksucker. And I'm like, ah, oh, I felt a little healy. And he's like, oh, no, no. Typically, you know, sometimes, you know, when you when you don't hit it good, it's, it's off the toe. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever. And then, like, I hit the 296 drive on the fourth hole. And he goes, and I go, yeah, I was looking for that all around so far. It just took me four holes to figure it out. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's really good. But, you know, 
to be really good, you got to play all the time. Right. And he's like, Oh, you know, this greens are going uphill. You're going to put up. Like he's just saying like all the stupid tropes of like the golf course. And I think I heard every single one. How many times did he tell you that even a broken clock is right twice a day? Uh, he did say that actually. Of course he did. He did. He said it once. Um, but it was like, what the fuck? What are we doing? Like, what are you, do what are you doing, man? I don't need this. It's people like, just be like, like we didn't have like any normal conversation, right? It was whatever golf cliche he wanted to say next was what he said. And he goes, Oh, put this one in the fairway. All I need to do now is hit the green. Like, thanks dude. Thanks man. Like, I, I okay. that sounds, he sounds about as interesting as a fucking burlap sack. Yeah. Oh, just you got because the when I hit the drive, like when I hit the two, the three hundred yard drive, basically it was like, oh, all you need now is a chip and a putt. Like, okay, all right, man, I I get it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't speak to those people. Yeah, I. So he, we both, we were both walking, and I just walked ahead of him the entire round. I was like, I'm not stopping to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing to say to you because every time any. you're, every time you speak, you're, you're speaking in cliches, right? Like, Oh, don't, you got a downhill putt. Don't forget the putt's going to break a little bit more. Like, yeah, it's actually not even true. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I, I don't <laughs> know what, what if one of the putts, he goes, what do you think? Left edge? <laughs> like, like, Oh my God. Sure, man. But we had like we were coming at the the cup from two completely different angles, right? Like we were if if you made a straight line from both our balls to the cup, it was probably like a hundred and twenty degree angle. Like I I don't know, man. Like, oh you think what do you think at left edge? Dude, we we might as well be fucking not even putting on the same green. <laughs> like we're not even close to the same. You're supposed to caddy for him, dude. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It was just dumb shit like that. Like everything out of his mouth was some sort of like cliche or, or fucking trope. But I shot a six over with a triple. <laughs> so. Yeah, pretty solid. And I bogeyed that hole, by the way, if anyone out there is wondering when I hit the drive 296, I, bo I know I told you this in the group text, but uh, I caught the chip heavy. From I had, after the drive, I had like 34 yards to the pin. I caught the chip heavy. It made it to the front of the green, but I had, I don't know, maybe like 28 feet or something for the putt, for the birdie putt. Uh, I hit it about six feet past up, up a slope, right? Cause it was an uphill putt. And then, uh, six feet coming down the slope, I barely breathed on it. It got to the hole and then did almost a 360 fucking lip out on the hole and uh tapped in for bogey and went on my way. Yeah. Stress-free. Yeah. Yep. Solid. So ah uh, fucking golf, right? But I thought I just I I also like I said I figured it was interesting about the ball because you hear some people talk about it and you're like yeah, how much of a difference does it really make? Yeah, it's it. it see, that's the thing is like it's almost like a um, a bell curve, I guess. Yeah, because it's like there's a point where again, it's like 
if you take your bell curve, you have your two furthest points. And then one of those points is it doesn't matter as much as you think. And then the other side is you don't give it enough credit. And then there's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like the top of your curve, which is where like, all right, you got to care like a little bit and you have to like pay attention. And yes, there will be like a correct three or so models that work for you. But I mean, like some of these people I play with, like, dude, they'd be a plus one handicap whether they use fucking left dash right. X one TP five. Like it, it really doesn't matter that much. Right. Like right. unless there's a ball with like an extreme, like again, Chrome Sops used to have that reputation of just being so fucking spinny. It, it all ends up kind of being similar. Yeah. At yeah. a certain point. But again, there are some models that just won't, will not work. Right. Right. And some model, like you said before, some models work better for different people, right? Yeah. Like if I tried to play an AVX, I might not be able to hit the fucking thing, but it works for Chris. Yeah. So. Well, um, speaking of cunts, I got a, I got a really funny story for you. This is going to be great. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to your take on this. So we all know that Chicago is basically a shithole, right? Um, there's like multiple gun murders and violence and all kinds of shit all the time in Chicago. There's theft. There's all kinds of stuff. It's, it's, it's just shithole, right? So um, we also are very well aware that politically uh, it falls on the liberal side of everything, right? The may like the, the all mayors really of recent um, have been super liberal in Chicago. And the latest mayor or the new, the new mayor, I think, cause it's, I don't think it's Beetlejuice anymore. That woman that looks like Beetlejuice. I think it's a different guy. Um, his, oh yeah, it is. His name is Brandon Johnson. So he's a Democrat. Again, he's, you know, very liberal, whatever. There's been a lot of theft of cars in Chicago as of late. So what would you do if you were a mayor of a major city, one of like the top 10 cities in the country? And there was a lot of, is that technically Grand Theft Auto, right? Like there's a lot of car thefts, a lot of Grand Theft Auto going on in your city. What would be the, like any action that you might take? I would go find Dirty Mike and the boys and make sure that they're fucking not having <laughs> sex in everyone's Prius. <laughs> that's probably on would be on the list higher on the list than what the actual mayor of Chicago is doing right now. Well, again, I, I so then I guess, I mean, if I'm a mayor, uh, what I probably want to do is decriminalize uh, auto theft or grand theft auto. That's probably what I want to do. Uh, we're probably getting close to that point because yeah. nothing can be his fault and nothing can be the fault of the actual criminals. So, What's what's the mayor of Chicago doing right now? You might be thinking he is filing a class action lawsuit against Hyundai and Kia because their cars don't do enough to pre to prevent people from stealing them. So <laughs> I actually have heard this before, <laughs> like not just. Like right now, I've heard Hyundai's and Kia's are like <laughs> notoriously easy, easily to be stolen. 
So the reason I've heard this is Monday Q, Ryan French, Mm -hmm. he was caddying for Mark Baldwin at whatever. And luckily the clubs always come inside when they stay at Airbnbs or hotels, whatever. Right. We're right out in front of the Airbnb, stolen, rental car, (laughs) just stolen. And they call, like all reporting it's stolen. It's like, oh, did we give you a Kia? He's like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, that happens. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, so they're like, oh, yeah, just come on down. We'll get you another one. Like, give it, we'll, we'll take the info. We'll file a report, whatever. Just a quick insurance claim. No big deal on our end. I don't know what, I don't know what it is about the Kias. Um, and then I guess Hyundai is hilarious. I know some, so someone at the gym, their car got stolen. It was a Hyundai. And I guess there's oh, something. Oh, the city with, of gold? No. Oh. City of champions. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other nearby city where cars <laughs> get stolen all the time. Although I do know someone who got their car stolen in Easton, but that's because all the doors and the keys were left in it. Uh, doors well, were unlocked and keys were left in it. Yeah. I mean, you're just asking for it at that point. Yeah. There was a party at a house and. Anyone who anyone whose doors were unlocked, their shit got stolen. Right. And then anyone who left their keys in the car, their car got stolen. Right. And then the car was found in the city of champions. <laughs> it's always it's always found. It, yeah. All roads always. lead back to fucking Brockton. <laughs> um, it's like in uh, Ted 2. You're always, what is it, two clicks away two from Blackhawks? Two clicks Black away Hawks? from Blackhawks or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Hyundai, the kid or the dude whose Hyundai got stolen, like he goes, yeah. And he goes, after the fact, everyone tells me, it's like, oh, didn't you know, like, like they can steal Hyundais through the USB? He goes, this is the first I'm fucking hearing about this. <laughs> like he goes, how do I own one of these things? And it's like, oh, like, of course. It's like, Hyundai is easy to steal. Yeah. I don't know. I think it has to do with like the button starts now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so in the lawsuit, it says the Democratic Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson uh, and I do the city, like that they specified. Yeah, I know. Are filing suit against Kia and Hyundai, claiming that they do not include quote industry standard engine immobilizers, which is prompting a steep rise in crime. So, but. So yes, this actually probably isn't going to go the way that you thought it might go for me. So, um, but yeah, so you, you go ahead. Cause I also so, have some, some other thoughts on this too. So truth be told, if, cause so this, this is the problem, the reality of the situation, not what we want, not what right. we hope, not what we think. The reality of the situation is that Kias and Hyundai's are like fairly simple to steal. Yes. So people who own or rent Hyundai's and Kia's, they're easy to take. So it's like, truthfully, what exactly is the mayor supposed to do? Because he can't just ask all police to monitor all Kia's and all Hyundai's. Right. So, you know, if you like, because again, we're talking a city, there is street parking, there's garage parking, like you're not in a driveway necessarily, you're not in a like uh like a home garage right it's public parking you can't just put a cop at every everywhere right so if these cars are too easy to steal 
then it does need to start at the top. And you do need to kind of hold some of these manufacturers, assuming it's true, like assuming they right. aren't up to standard. Now, if they are up to standard and the thieves have surpassed them, then someone has to figure something out somehow. I don't I'm I, I don't know how to do that. Right. Now, I am curious to know what is happening to those that steal the cars. Are they stealing cars and there's no investigation because it's it's happening too commonly or it's there's too many cases and right. oh, well, you can't lock up everybody who steals a car. It's like, well, you need to start holding some of those people accountable. Yeah. Too. Um, so I don't know if there's enough of that going on. Now I I, I someone will tell me, oh it's not, but you you can't just lock up everyone who steals a car. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, why not? It's the same thing like, oh well you can't get every homeless person off the street. Why? Yeah. And that's a little different because there's some empathy in that situation. Right. But yeah, I mean I don't hate the strategy, but I think it's not complete either. Because again, if it's like there either needs to be stricter, like because if it's that much of a problem, there either needs to be stricter penalty or more enforcement of the penalty. Like there's got to be more. Right. Um, right. Or else everyone's just going to go around, steal cars and fucking hope they get something out of them. And if not, they'll just dump them in some shitty neighborhood in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So. The rest of the mayor's um, statement, right, is like the impact of car theft on Chicago residents can be deeply destabilizing, particularly for low to middle in income workers who have fewer options getting to work uh, and taking care of their families. Uh, the failure on Kia and Hyundai's behalf, whatever, is sheer negligence. Uh, as a result, a citywide and nationwide crime spree around automobile theft has been unfolding right before our eyes. And then, uh, for moreover, offenders have used and stolen Kia and Hyundai vehicles to commit other crimes, including reckless driving, armed robbery, and murder. And it's like, you know, they go on to say all this stuff that's like basically making it seem like it's Hyundai and Kia's fault. That they're getting stolen, which, and this is kind of what I was going to get to too when I said there was a little bit more to it. It's not Hyundai and Kia's fault. Like, it's not like because of Hyundai and Kia, there's more auto theft, right? It's the cars happen to be easier to steal. So they get stolen. But the way it's formulated by the mayor in this civil suit is that. Your cars are creating Grand Theft Auto, whereas like Grand Theft Auto is happening regardless, right? It just so happens that people target Hyundai's and Kia's because they're easy to steal, right? You know what? I, you know, does that make sense? Like the like the it's it's pointing the blame, right? It's blaming someone else instead of being the mayor of a city, being like, what do we need to do to work together to rid the city of Grand Theft Auto? Right. Like what what do we need to do? Do we need to have more cops on payroll? Do we need to have more patrol? Do we need to have, you know, city cameras? Do we need to fix the cameras in all the parking garages in the city? Like, what can we do as a city to help support it's no, it's the car makers' fault. It's the key, the P that's key and Hyundai. It's not us. 
I'm powerless in this situation. There's there's nothing I could possibly do. So as a result, I'm going to sue the car companies. And it's like, I don't know. That's disingenuous and you're full of shit, really. Well, that's why I think you need to act in a couple different ways. So number one would be, or so I already mentioned uh, one, hold again, hold the manufacturers accountable if they're not up to standard. Right now, if they are up to standard, then if that's, that's the case, then get together. The and I don't know how the city of Chicago works. I don't know if there's like a board of the city as well, because I think Boston has a board. Probably, I mean, it's we a have city a mayor, council. We also but... have a city council. Get together during one of your city council meetings and propose a temporary ban on the sale of Kias and Hyundai's until they determine that they're fucking improve their service right like you can do that that's totally fair as a city or a town you can say i mean i'm not a lawyer i mean i don't know what the legal things the legal ramifications are but if your argument is that these cars are being targeted for grand theft acts of grand theft auto then can you prohibit or limit the sale of them in your jurisdiction of your city, right? Like if you want to buy a, a Kia or a Hyundai, you got to go to fucking, I don't know, Peoria or Springfield or so. I don't know what, a, those are the only three cities yeah. I know of in Illinois. <laughs> I don't know anything I, else in Illinois. Yeah. I feel like that gets messy though, because then what's get, cause then obviously the, the car manufacturers are going to sue or get an injunction and then it's right. going it, like to the government getting in the way of private exactly. business, which so like, I, it's, it's So unfortunately, it's I don't tough. think anything happens there. So I do, I do think, I actually do think the like, but again, we need like multiple steps here. So one of those steps is holding the manufacturers accountable, a class action lawsuit's probably, probably the best way to do that. Yeah. You do need to hold offenders accountable. Right. Again, I don't know that they are or aren't, or maybe there just needs to be strict. Like, there's got to be something. Because if it's that much of a problem, then you need to fucking hit these people. Like, there needs to be, like, a, a legitimate penalty. Right. Um. And then the other, the other thing is it's, like, people who are going to murder – are probably going to murder no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like someone's it's not like someone's walking down the street and being like, "Oh, look a Hyundai. I could steal that." And then while I'm stealing it, why don't I kill someone? Right. Right. Like the murder like murders are probably going to happen regardless of like the method of getting there. Yeah. Yep. So I don't love, you know, that like causation or proposed <laughs> causation. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause that's bullshit. Like, right. Again, like they'll just use a registered car. Like, yeah. Again, if you want someone dead that bad, like if you are, if you are someone who is willing to murder and you find someone that you want dead that badly, you will find a way. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, again, so it's like, do you need more patrol? Do you need cameras? Do you need, um, to put out like an ad- advisement, like go get the fucking the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from from the from the late nineties. Yeah, the fucking steering wheel lock. Whatever the hell that thing yeah. is, or yeah. it's like, or you know. maybe if you're a fucking you know uh, a democratic mayor and you're all about the government helping the people, you want more government involvement in people's lives. Maybe you de- you decide that. The city of Chicago will subsidize 
anybody that has a Kia and a Hyundai to get an aftermarket security package that will prevent whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like which if, will never happen because which they, will never they happen. want they want the government to get involved, but only when it benefits them, not exactly. The I think that's but in actually now that I stop and think about it, like if I were a democratic mayor and I had those type of beliefs where I want more government involvement in people's lives. That's the way to do it. The government would subsidize you. You own a you own a Hyundai. Maybe an aftermarket security system is twenty five hundred bucks. Well, the government will, as a city government, will give you a thousand bucks towards that, or five hundred bucks towards that. You know what I mean? And then it's it's more affordable. Yeah, you're thinking you. you're thinking too much in like ideology. How should work because like how <laughs> how does that benefit a specific politician? Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It would help anyone that owns a Hyundai or a Kia. Yeah, but it's not like, about oh, the I people. Would vote for the, it's I'll not vote for about the citizens. Like, dude, the government's not here to help the citizens. Fair. They're there you to stay I in power. Know that. Yeah, yeah. Accumulate more power. Keep whatever power they have. Yeah. Make Things would be money. a lot differently if they were if if governments, state, local, micro, local, like. If they all wanted to benefit us, things would be very different. Right. Yeah, our schools would be a lot better. Everything would be different. Everything. Yeah. Which is kind of wild, not to like go down a whole separate rabbit hole, but it's wild to think that Massachusetts as a whole has the best or one of the best education systems in the entire country. And like all of the flaws that are in Massachusetts education These kids are systems, idiots. right? And it's like, what is it like in public school in Nebraska? Hot Springs, Arkansas, or yeah, Arkansas, or like South Dakota, or like all of these places, like Alabama, Mississippi, right? Actually, like, so this is this is that's actually a little bit of a short-sighted northeastern type of uh, thought. Now, urban places in these areas that you're speaking of, fine. But like the more rural areas, they go to Aggies and whatnot. So they right. learn how to... Right. So they learn actual skills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like actual women know way more than actual men from up, up this way. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's just kind of like interesting to think about the public school system how kind of fucked it is in Massachusetts, but Massachusetts is basically the best in the country. And it's like, wow, that's kind of terrifying. It, and you don't even have to do the whole like holier than thou Northeastern thing, right? Look at like New York, right? If if Massachusetts is better than New York, what happens in New York, right? If Massachusetts is better than the state of Washington or Oregon, right? Like what the fuck is the public education like in Washington or Oregon? Right, like we don't have to do the whole like, oh, imagine those poor peons in Mississippi and Alabama. Like we don't have to do that. We can go look at Michigan, right? Michigan's a pretty legit fucking state. Like, how shitty is it in Michigan? How shitty is it in Pennsylvania? Right? Like, we don't need to go into the deep south to be like, if Massachusetts is the best and Massachusetts fucking sucks, what is it like in Pennsylvania? <laughs> right? What is it like in Delaware? Right? Like what <laughs> like what are we doing pretty awesome yeah we're breeding a nation of dum-dums i did was 
so I went through, I was going through our Twitter chat cause I don't have notifications on. So I don't even check that thing anymore. <laughs> so I was going through like deleting, uh, old messages, which is a very daunting task. <laughs> um, and I did see like one of the posts, this was probably sent like a fucking month ago. It was like year, whatever of not using Y equals MX plus B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think for me that's going on year fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, I mean we did use trig though. Well, we, we did use the, trig one day. The woodshed, the Triangles. sine, cosine, tangent, whatever the yep. fuck. But again, we figured it out by googling it. Right. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know. It was funny because when Derek was here earlier, shout out to Derek. I, I think he listens sometimes. I don't think he gets, he catches every episode, but um, we were talking about like just that. He was like, do you ever sometimes feel that like you have no fucking idea like what's going on? Like you don't feel like a man, right? Like an actual man. Cause you talk about like our generation, our, our generation versus our parents' generation. And now this is someone in Derek who is like way fucking more handy than either you or I, right? Like he's, he actually has experience in construction and building things and masonry because his, his dad is that his dad is a GC carpenter, like does he built the fuck their house in the Berkshires basically by himself, right? Like uh, Derek and his brother helped and that's where Derek got his experience. But like, this isn't someone like me and you where it's like, oh shit, how do I, uh, how do I change a toilet seat? I don't know. I'm going to have to YouTube it, right? Like something that's a menial task. Like I, I can do it, but I have to watch a YouTube video on how to do it first versus like, again, our parents' generation, right? Between Derek's dad and my dad and your dad, like they were all, they, it almost seemed inherent to them, right? Like they just kind of like, if they didn't know what they were doing, they knew enough to figure out what they were doing and they didn't need to watch YouTube videos, right? Like they just kind of, it just kind of made sense to them. And uh, he was like, yeah, I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm just fucking useless. Like I'm not like a, I'm a man. And I told him, I was like, yeah, me and dad's joke about that all the time. We're like, there's actual men and we're not them. <laughs> Right. Like we know how to do things and like we're we have enough common sense to figure it out and get it done. But like if I didn't have YouTube to watch how to do it, like I couldn't inherently like get under the sink and fix the fucking drain. Right. Like, but I can copy someone else on a video that I watch like three times and do it. You know, it was just it was just kind of like weird that it's like there was an entire generation of people that like didn't learn skills. Right. Like we never learned real skills. You know what the sickening thing is too? Like I don't know shit, yet people ask me for help all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, have you ever done this? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just an idiot. Yeah, I'm just a common idiot. And like I said, it comes from someone like Derek who is I would say he's more of an actual man than both of us, right? Like he's handy, but even in his eyes, he's like, yeah, I'm, I, I can't fucking hold a candle to actual men. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we spent what, 12 and four, 16 and two, 18 years learning how to fucking write papers and 
follow equations and answer standardized test questions, right? Like no one we ever used to, taught we us. Used to know, we used to know how to do uh, MLA format before mm-hmm. EasyBib. Yeah, yeah. MLA versus APA and... Yeah, we used to have to do the the and citing, easy the and then easy bib ourselves. came out and you just yeah. punch it all in. Yeah, yeah, and it just spits it out for you. But yeah, it's like where you put the period, where do you put the publication year, like all Italics. that. Italics. Yeah. yeah, where do you indent? And it's like all never mind. Shit. When was when was the last time you fucking ML? Like you only MLA format shit for school. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's in a purely and then the other thing too now purposes. There's no in- real life. In 2023, because I mean, things obviously change over time. If you need to attribute credit to someone or something, you just link it. Yeah. Like, yeah. click here, click here to see the, yeah. the article. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It's no, kind of, no, it's kind of no crazy skills. that we didn't learn skills. And like, at least where we grew up in Medford, right? It was, kind of looked down upon if you went to the Vogue instead of the high school. Yeah, it was it was kind of a weird it was it's funny because it was a weird dynamic because you weren't like I don't I don't know. I don't want to say shame. Shame is not the right word. You weren't looked down upon if you learned a trade and went into the trades. But while you were at the Vogue you were looked down upon. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're a Vokey. Yeah, Vokeys. Like, and it's yeah. like the Vokeys were the kids who couldn't cut it in the regular high school. And it's like, yeah, that's because like a lot, like I would love to know the percentage, like of the kids that actually went to the Voke, how many of them picked a trade, went to that trade and stayed in that trade. Right. And I think it's a very small number. Yeah. And that's why it gets that reputation because back in the day, like the Voke was a very legitimate like plan of action right but that's because if you went and, and learned metal fab or hvac you would go into hvac right you know people go to the voc they go to hvac and then they just start working like odds and ends random ass jobs like wherever and they just yeah, they work the at like home depot them. yeah and then it's like some of those guys like you know they start their own landscaping company or they start their own um right. you know whatever but like they never become like a master plumber Right. I don't so even I think know. we had plumbing in the Vogue. I don't know what I don't know which ones the Vogue had. I know I we had like Woodshop have had it. Dude, Woodshop was one. Like it was fucking like I don't know. Yeah, like, but that's because that's because it wasn't a true carpentry program. Like that's what like that's it, yeah. so we're splitting hairs on that one. Right. But like there right. was HVAC. There was automotive. Yeah, there was HVAC. There was automotive. Yeah. yeah and yeah. auto body. I think they were separate. Yes, they were. And like obviously cosmetology was one. Right. No, actually, to be fair, I think a lot of the girls that did cosmetology eventually like went on that down that route. And yeah. there's yeah. a lot of opportunity there. Um, whether you work for yourself or you go independent, whatever. Like they're the ones who actually probably got the most out of that. Right. But yeah, it was weird because it's like, yeah, it had such a bad reputation. But if you went to Minuteman, like so say you went to Medford Med- Medford Vogue and went into HVAC, but you went to Minuteman and went to, into HVAC, like yeah. Minuteman HVAC was like far superior. It's like it was almost like college in a way. Right, right. They were like, "Oh wow, that's uh, you know, you're you're smart. You went to Minuteman." Yeah, but never mind. Like, so the three kids who entered like HVAC and actually worked in HVAC and actually got their apprenticeship. I mean, those guys those guys are 15 years out now. Right. Like they're right. all master HVAC people, and 
right? Yes, they they do in like you do in fact need to work like yes, yes, yeah. Because like you know, obviously it's not you know, you know, finance or consulting or something, but like right, those guys actually work, and it's like they're not making no money, right? HVAC makes a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we're starting to see it now, right? Because our parents' generations finally getting to retirement age. And, you know, we had an entire gen, our entire generation was pushed into college. And now there's like basically no one left to do the trades or like within the next 10 years, there's going to be like no one left to do these trades. And it's going to be like, well, the smart ones will get into the trades and the right. dumb ones will get into fucking. Right. But like studies. how many kids? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But like how many kids, right? Because especially now being a little bit older and realizing that like the way school is structured, like that doesn't fit everybody, right? But like how many kids went through school, like traditional high school, this doesn't have to be Medford High, but how many kids went through to traditional high school getting C's and D's and F's and maybe occasionally a B here and there, but mostly C's and D's and they fucking hated it and they skipped class and they never went to school and all this stuff. If like they were presented with a different opportunity of like doing something that they were actually interested in, right? Like we did have the opportunity where there was a Vogue attached to our high school, but say someone somewhere doesn't have that opportunity. Like how many people would have benefited from like, hey, you know, there's this thing called, um, but well, I guess now you could say like coding, right? Which I think is is taught a little bit more mainstream, even in the academic side of, of schools. But like, there's this thing called fucking robotics or there's this thing called auto body that like maybe you can try that out, right? And like you're not sitting at a desk for eight hours a day and you're moving around and you're doing stuff with your hands. Like how many of those people out there that were told that like you're fucking dumb, you'll never amount to anything, like could have been better doing something else. But because there was this like two decades from call it, 95 to 2015 where it was like if you don't go to college you're worthless right like that there's that 20 year span it was like well you have to go to college there's no other option you have to go to college and it's like i don't know it's you just kind of weird shit now you know, yeah well now it's it's swinging hard the other way because college is so expensive so it's almost like yeah, and there's a million there's a million other ways to work. Right. And it's priced itself out. Right. Cause it's like, do you want to go a spend of, a lot 40, of have, yeah. Yeah. If you do you want to go spend forty thousand dollars a year to learn about something? Where what where's that deal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, forty thousand a year. Like, do you yeah. do you where's that deal? Bro, these schools are eighty thousand dollars now. Well, no, I'm saying like the, I'm saying average. I think the average oh. college is probably like 40,000 a year, I would say. Um, Cause there ain't no Bridgewater. Like back in when we went to Bridgewater, it was $13,000 a year, right? That's. That was my that, freshman year all in to live yeah, there too. Yeah. 13 grand that wasn't that a long year. Ago either. That was 15 That's years ago. $7,500 per semester, right? Like some of these schools now are. 15,000 per semester, right? 30 grand a year is more than what we were paying. They they pay more in a semester than we paid for a full year, 
right? You're there's def- dude, there's definitely freshmen that will be paying more than I paid for four years in one. Oh, yeah. Because my yeah. most expensive year was like 21. Yeah, like someone that goes to like a Harvard or an MIT right now, if it's like 80 grand a year. Yeah, some of these like- I didn't um, spend 80 grand to go to uh, to six years. If you include my undergrad and grad, I didn't spend 80 grand. Yeah, but you didn't pay for grad school. I didn't either. Well, I did, but- no, 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 no. I didn't no. pay for grad school. I you took out a fucking loans. frivolous loan. <laughs> no, it was provided to me. And I didn't say no because I was 22 years old and thought it was free money. This is this is part of the education problem. <laughs> right, and that, that is. It's the problem. And Derek and I talked about this earlier too. Ah, fine. This would have been a great episode to have him jump on. But like, um, we were talking about that, how like fucking stupid it was when you're, and it's like, what do you expect? If you take a 22 year old, right? Because we were, all three of us were graduate assistants. We are in the same department, oddly enough. Uh, that's but, cause you, that's cause I fucked nah, I didn't get you to the job. Yeah. Well, you got did, me I the did, job. And no, then I think I had, I, to, I had to, uh, I forget what he, when he called me, he goes, he goes, I got, he goes, I got two, I got two people I'm looking at. He's like, it's Derek and Jared. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> and I think I asked him, I go, do I have to vouch for them? He goes, no, you don't have to vouch for them. I go, good. Cause I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I go only because they're college kids. And if they suck, I don't want that on me. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, what's, he goes, what's the deal with them? And I, I, I basically just gave him a breakdown of your personalities. Yeah. Um, that's more so like what I had to do, but yeah, you, you too took over for me and the other kid who left. Right. Right. Which um, that kid only did like a semester and a half or something. I don't know. It was something weird. Yeah. Um, but so we were talking about it, right? Like you're 22 years old, you get a graduate assistantship, you get to go to grad school for free, but the state still processes the loan for your year yearly cost to go to grad school. It's up to you as a 22-year-old to go through and deny that loan. So I must have it must have been because I never got financial aid at all. Oh. Um because I never had to deal with that. Yeah. That's so we we both did. So because we both were we had financial aid. So um because my second year of grad school, I thought I would be smarter and only take half of the money. So they offered, it was like $16,000 a year per year for grad school, right? Because I have a loan right now for 16 grand for for one year and then eight, eight grand for the second year. So my second year of grad school, I was like, ah, I don't need the full 16 grand, whatever. So the way it worked out was I'm 22 years old. I have a graduate assistantship. I go to school for free. Financial aid offers me $16,000 and it's up to me as a 22-year-old dumbass to say, no, I don't want it. But I was like, well, fuck that. You're just going to give me 16 grand? Let's fucking, I'm going to ball out. I'm going to, I got fucking money. I got money for days. 16 grand, let's go. And that's exactly what I did. So now I I have to pay that back. But my second year of grad school, I was like, I'm only going to take half. So I went through and I declined half. So I only, again, I have a 16 and eight. So what is that? $24,000 in loans for grad school alone. 
But so like, I, I guess you could say I kind of learned the second year. I still didn't cause I took, I still took eight grand, but like I took, I didn't deny the loans because no one tells you that you have to fucking pay that shit back hardcore. Right. And like the second you get the loan, it starts accruing interest. Like no one, no one explains that shit to you when you're 18 years old. And I'm not even certain. No one explains someone, it to you ever. If someone did that, I, me personally, I would have even listened or would have even. The came. only people who truly, get, well, because people would just put, push it off. They go, oh, well, that's someone else's problem. Right. The only people who really understand that shit are like the people like servicing the loans. Yeah. They're the ones who know about loans, unless right. you've been in it long enough. But yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think it's dumb. I think it's a lot. It's just fucking everything is dumb, including myself. So, um, yeah. You want to wrap this up? Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, got? I want to go back to a time where I was right once again, <laughs> and how I told I, I, on the show. I go stop talking to me about training camp. Stop talking to me about guys that are on the roster, not on the roster, bubble, whatever, because New England Patriots specifically made some cuts and people were like, how do they cut that guy? What, yeah. what, what, what's going on? So specifically, Zappi and Malik Cunningham, two quarterbacks, they were cut before the cut deadline when rosters had to be 53. Right. So now some facts of the case, because I do know what the fuck is going on. And like this is why I choose to fucking not pay attention because I fucking know what the hell is happening. People don't know what the fuck is going on. They're just fucking uninformed idiots. So what happens is you have fucking 80 guys or I don't know what the fucking cut downs are anymore. They used to be tiers. I, I don't know what 90. So uh, yeah, but like, the, so back in the day when there was four preseason games, you, you had to, to get to, to a certain like number, 90 yeah. to 80 to 70 to 50 with the new, with the new CBA, yeah, it's, they it's got different. rid of that because, you know, theoretically you want to save guys and prevent injury. Yeah. So you Whatever. carry the 90 until it needs to be 53. Yes. So you have to cut guys down to 53. Other facts of the case, injured reserve. If you put someone on IR before they make the 53 man roster, they are done for the year period. No way fans or bots. Correct. If you wait, you put them on the 53 and then you put them on IR. There's a chance that they come back. Right, after four so, games. Four game minimum. So you have to cut people in order to put people on IR to potentially get them back later. So if Tyquan Thornton is in fact hurt, but he can come back, like say it's just a hamstring, right? And, and you want to save a roster spot, you have to put him on the 53, you have to wait for the 53 to clear, and then you put him on IR, then he can come back later in the year. Right. So when you're doing the roster things, now the unwritten rules too that you've heard throughout the years there's certain times and certain players and unwritten rules and da 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 like when a team cuts certain guys other teams around the league know hey don't go after that guy right because if you do then bill's gonna fuck you on somebody else later like it's, right. it's an un it's an unwritten thing yeah like, it's a handshake agreement exactly right? like, so it's like when I'm you gonna cut have, all my backup quarterbacks yeah i'm gonna cut all the I'm quarterbacks trying to make some space or I'm going to cut my kicker so I have zero kickers on the roster. It's like, don't fucking scoop them up. Like, right, right. Or else that when you try to do something like that, I'm fucking I'm going to scoop them. Yeah, exactly. And I'll put them on my practice squad and he can fucking rot. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. It's not fair to the player. It's not fair to the teams, but like, or I guess it's fairness is irrelevant, but it's not right. fair to the player. Cause right. if, if some guys just getting toyed around for fucking spite, it's fucking bullshit, which is why I'm like, okay with that being like an unwritten thing. Right. So you cut the, so the Patriots make their cuts and before the 53 man is set and before waivers clear, there's only one quarterback. There's two running backs. There's two tight ends and everyone's fucking freaking out. Who's going to play backup. Who's going to be the backup quarterback. Who's going to be the backup. What? We only have one quarterback. What if Matt gets hurt? You fucking people. All it takes is from four o'clock one day to noon the next day. How many hours is that? 16? Yeah. Yeah. 18? I don't even know how many hours that is. 16. 20. 20. It's 20 20 hours. 20 hours. The other multiple of four. (laughs) So for 20 hours, all we have to do is argue semantics and play roster games. The Patriots are not going to go without a backup quarterback. Right. So all these people from four o'clock to 1145 the next morning were freaking out. Zappy's gone. They got rid of Zappy. They're giving up on Zappy already. Mac might not be that good. Who's going to be backup? What if Mac gets hurt? Malik Cunningham looked great in the preseason, but they cut him anyway. Uh, I, I could have sworn Malik Cunningham was going to make the roster. Like, uh, like. And what happens at noon the next day? Both guys are back. Yep. You fucking people need to fucking get a grip. Not only that, but then they went out and signed Matt Coral. Yeah, which so now they have cut four, him. They have four quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, so it's, oh, I can't believe we're gonna have four quarterbacks going into the season. No. Yeah. Yeah. One of them's getting cut. Right. And guess what? Malik Cunningham is not gonna play wide receiver. They kept six. They don't do that. Right. I like I assure you. Yeah, it's like people that will not be happening. It is. It's the it's the injury game, right? Because there's it's there's, the everything game. It's the injuries. It's the the roster. Also, it's the six round pick. Oh, this guy looks good. This guy doesn't. The deadline on cut down day is four o'clock on August twenty eighth. That's the it was August twenty eighth. When's the first game? Eleventh. The first game is September 9th. People <laughs> are a lot flipping of shit out. Happen. People are flipping out. That on at four o'clock on August 28th. And oh my God, what are we going to do? I don't know. There's 13 more days until they play a game. Like, Never mind. Who gives a shit? So let that. So that's roster stuff. Never mind. Who gives a flying fuck about backup and third string quarterbacks, third string running backs, third string tight ends? Who fucking cares? Right. If you're relying on those guys, you are fucked. Yes. And that's for that's for a team that already isn't very good. Right. Eleventh in the AFC, maybe. Yeah. What are they with backups? Yeah. Probably not last because there's some the Colts suck, but like Yeah, yeah. With all their starters and everybody, they are like they have to get lucky they need, to they make need the some playoffs. they need some luck and some really good they need really good play and luck to get in the playoffs. Right. I still think that they can maybe steal a win in the playoffs like last year's Jaguars and that's it. That's if everything goes right. right. Already all the linemen are hurt. They're already fucked. Right. So this team already is not it's not at its expectations. Right. If they're if they're fucking 11th or 10th best in the AFC, which I don't even know. That might be just the quarterback, but like they might be a little bit better of a team than that. You know, 8, 9, 10. 
Yeah, I think they're right so, on the playoff or bubble. seven, seven, eight, uh, seven, eight, seven through ten. Right, like they're yeah, somewhere in that 10. realm where they're they're on the playoff bubble. And right? if the ball the bounces, top, the yeah, eight, if the, the ball bounces a certain the way, they're not going to be five. Right, they're not going to be five or it's seven. Seven, seven. So it's like, yeah, okay. So they're probably six through ten right now. And yeah. if the ball bounces a certain way, they probably don't get to five. But if it bounces the wrong way, they probably could be twelve. Anyway, if the backups are playing, you are not that team. So right. who fucking cares? Right. It doesn't matter. The yeah. backup is not going to come in and save the day. It's not going to happen. But you can't say that in New England because everyone's like, well, it did for Tom Brady. And it's like, oh, is that going to happen again? You is mean that, the, that's going to happen once again? in a lifetime guy? Yeah, no, exactly. How many Super Bowls have there been? What'd you say? What are we on? How many Super Bowls have there been? We haven't gotten to 60 yet, right? No, this will be 58 this year. Okay, so we're on 58 plus uh, championships go back probably 30 years before that. We're almost 90 years where one Tom Brady has walked through that door. Right. One. Right. He ain't coming back. Yeah. There ain't another one. Right. But that's what I mean, though. You can't say that to people in New England because they're like, oh, Malik Cunningham could be the next Tom Brady. That's the guy. It's he, like, it's, it was, it was, you guys need Pop to Douglas. give this shit up. Like, him and you, you Pop just Douglas need to fucking were my two guys. Let it go. Like, Pop Douglas might be a good returner. He might be a good, like, Marcus Jones role from last year. Put hit, put the two of them out there. Could be fun. Could be. Yeah. Neither of them are Jerry Rice. No, like you're not getting a uh, Pop an, Douglas is not all time one. He's not even Tyreek Hill. No. Right. Because I mean, people are like, oh, it could be like Tyreek Hill. He's, yeah. he's short. He's fast. Short, fast. No, he's not. He's nothing like Tyreek Hill. He's not Tyreek Hill light. If he ends up being he's John not... Brown, I think that would be a massive success. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, or like Deshaun right. Jackson, right? Like if he was Deshaun Jackson, oh my god, that would be a massive win. That would be huge. I was thinking like Hollywood Brown, um, <laughs> or like you know some of the guys like because I'm trying to think of like a small, fast receiver. Yeah, John Brown. Like, he's John Brown's the best example. Yeah, it's like all the guys that used to play for the Cardinals and shit. Why is yeah. he barking? All right, so I was right. I don't know why he's barking. Leo. I don't know. Door's locked. He must hear someone outside. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my final thought, um, I'm going to stick with the uh, the school theme here. And I don't know if you heard about this recently, but again, it's it's close to home literally for us, right? Because we're from Medford and Tufts University is in Medford or Somerville, depending on who you ask. Um, but it's that time of year where colleges are back in session, kids are moving in. And typically, um, you know, when you go to college on the first day, the freshmen's walk in, who's there to greet you, right? The RAs in the building, right? So wherever you are, if you live in a college campus, whatever building, they're residential assistants, right? The RAs, if you didn't know that. They're also students, right? They're typically juniors and seniors. I guess very rarely they could be potentially sophomores, but they're not freshmen, right? So it's not a freshman. It's someone that's older than you. Um, that lives in a, I guess, a special dorm room in the building. Typically, I mean, at Bridgewater, we did one per floor, I think. I don't know what other uh, schools did. Usually it was like... Well, the two, oh, yeah, like there was, there was a, a like guy... Like Shea Durgan had two. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was one male, one female. One on male, one floor. female on each floor. 
think that's I don't necessarily remember. I mean, I truthfully, I only lived in one other building and then and I, I think because Crim- Crimson was one male, one female. And I think Shea Durgan, because even though it was one, it, it's one building, one structure. Technically, yeah. it was two sides. So I think each floor technically had four. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because Shea like and the Durgan. Shea dirt, the, once you cross the elevators, they considered yeah. it a new building, even though there's no. Right. Right. Fucking that's fucking. Yeah. Go on. Go yeah. on. So the RAs are there. They help you. They help you find your room. Um, you know, they help you find like those fucking uh, the bellhop carts, right? To to load in all your shit that you're your freshman year, you're bringing in that you don't need, but you don't know you don't need it. Um, you get all that shit. They're just there to help support. They're also going to narc on you throughout the year. But like on the move-in day, like they're actually pretty helpful. They're supportive. You know, they'll introduce you to people, whatever. They're friendly. Well, Tufts University last week, um, the RAs decided that they weren't going to do any of that. They decided that they were going to strike and they were going to protest. They're protesting the freshman move-in and they were not helping anybody. They were not doing their job. Uh, Oh, so that's the other thing too. If you don't know um, how this works, so resident, the the RAs, right? They're again, typically they're junior seniors, right? But they're at least upperclassmen. Um, You live, you could be in whatever building, right? Like you could be a a senior assigned to be an RA in the freshman dorm. That's just the luck of the draw. That's where you go. So your job is to kind of like monitor everything. Like I said, they're going to narc on you and like fucking call security or call the cops if you're like partying or drinking, whatever. They're just, they, they're more of a pain in the ass than they help, but that's their job, right? So whatever, I'm not going to fault them for doing their job. So part of that is they get to live for free, right? So part of college cost, right, is room and board. So whatever that is, like it, it might be six, seven, eight, nine, ten grand a year, depending on what school, where you are, all that shit, right? You don't have to pay that. If you're an RA, you don't pay room and board. So you live for free, but you have a job to do, right? To like police essentially the the door. And you get like it's posted how many hours you do a week and right. Yeah. Yeah. You might have, yeah. You might have, well, it's structured. It's not like, ooh, this week someone's on vacation. No. Right. Right. You do like eight hours a week of on duty. Right. Which means like once an hour you do a lap around the building. Right, right. Or yeah, you're sitting at a, at a fucking folding table and if someone has an issue, like they go to the on-duty desk or something. No, that was somebody else. That was a different job. Oh, really? No, the RA is literally just... Oh, shit. Now, an RA from a different building could be, quote-unquote, security at a different dorm. That was right. a thing. But those people, that was like a work-study job. Oh, okay. Okay. So No, so the so RA even is- less. I mean, maybe in the freshman dorm there was something like an info, whatever. You, but they they hung around, right? You right. just sat there, yeah. So again, it's a trade, right? Like you get to live for free on campus, but you have a job to do, right? You have a job function to do within the dorm. Well, the RAs at Tufts University decided to go on strike um, and refused to do their job when the freshmen moved in last week because they're demanding they get paid. I would so, have fired every single one of them. Yes. Yep. They want, they believe here, it says uh, 
The, the RAs who live with underclassmen in dorms and assist them with everything from maintenance problems to health emergencies say that uh, that doesn't go far enough talking about like whatever. Oh, so they, they wanted to get paid. And then uh, Tufts University came back and said that in nego during negotiations, they'll also cover the food plans. So they already get free on-campus housing. And the RAs were like, we want to get paid. And the Tufts powers that be were like, well, we're not going to pay you, but we'll also give you free food. So we'll give you free housing and free food. Um, Cause that's another thing. If you're going to college Tufts, and you live on that, campus, you have to pay worth. for a, a meal plan. We think that's probably worth almost 20 K a year. It's gotta be. Nah, maybe well, no, less. that's a little much. Maybe like 15. Because at Bridgewater it was three grand. Was it 3,500 a semester for platinum? Yeah, and then housing was like so seven that's seven grand. So if you get year, if you get the platinum meal plan, both semesters, that's seven grand. So like Tufts might, and this was oh, also but, this but was housing, also fifteen years ago. But housing was also like seven a year. So yeah, it was like fourteen a year. Yeah, so it could be close to twenty at Tufts. Yeah, yeah. So it could, yeah, you're right. It could be twenty for for room and board and that's meal, almost too much plans. to collect Social Security. Yeah, yeah, I know, right. So the college came back and was like, oh, we'll include free meal plans as well. So you get free housing, free room and board, free meal plans. The RAs came back and said, no, we deserve a stipend in the range of a few thousand dollars. Doesn't that sound like the fucking meal plan? Yeah, it does. We're arguing. So this is what happens when you argue with fucking college kids. All they know how to do is fucking protest, bitch and moan. And the other thing too is if I was fucking Tufts administration, it would be so easy just to be like, all right, well, we need RAs, so move your stuff out. Yep. Um, if you do not, someone will move it out for you. Right. You're and no we, longer an RA. And then there will be people on campus that will take the RA job so that they don't have to pay housing. Right. I mean, I know Tufts, so you have to have a certain sum of money to go there, but someone will take that deal. Right. And they'll look at that deal like, yep, that's fair. I'm in. And what are you going to do? Retaliate? Or create violence on a college campus? Yeah. No fucking way. Well, they're trying to unionize. Yeah, this isn't like... Or they did unionize, actually. The RAs unionized? Oh my God, this is fucking ridiculous. The more I read in this article, the more ridiculous it gets. So they actually unionized. They filed under OPEIU Local 153. Everyone, everyone makes a fucking union now. That's another thing. Wow, they this is fucking... This is insane. This is insane. I'm done. I'm I'm good with this because I I just don't care about college kids and their fucking problems. No, you're going to Tufts. Like your life is not difficult. I'm sorry. No, no it's not. You, your life would be difficult if you were a single parent going to fucking Massasoit. Like yes, yeah. You're going to Tufts. I don't feel bad for you. Right. Yeah. So. Wow. And I, call it college. Like this is the thing. Oh. Got to go to college. Nope. College is voluntary. You're choosing to do this. Fuck off. Yeah. You know what I would do if Don't I was, the, if I were the school, right? I would be like, okay, so we already give you free room and board. We offered you free meals, which might be, let's call it $10,000 a year, right? So let's say, um, let's keep numbers even, right? Let's say room and board is 10 grand and meal plans are 10 grand a year. We offered you, both for free, which is a total of $20,000 a year. You said, no, you want to get paid. Okay. 
Well, we've always been offering free room and board, so we'll keep that. But free meals are now off the table. So we'll give you uh, three grand a year in, yeah, in, and in cash and a stipend, but you're required to have a meal plan. How's that sound? Now you're have, like have to have it. Yeah. Now you're required to have a meal plan uh, that costs ten thousand dollars a year, but we'll give you three grand. Oh, and uh, yeah. Well, so we'll give you the three grand, but um, office hours just expanded too. Yeah, I guarantee you, they'd be like, "Yeah, sure, we'll take that. We'll take that deal." Yeah, because they're stupid. Because they're fucking stupid. College kids. Like, how do you not do that math and be like, "That's twenty grand"? You're getting stupid. Yeah, again, like like we talked about earlier in the episode, right? There was a 22-year-old kid that was offered 16 grand and I said, "Sure, why not?" And now I have to pay for it. Yep. 15 years later. <laughs> or last I 10 years later I'm paying for it, but Yeah. So I don't know, these kids these kids are fucking dumb. But that's going to do it for us. Uh everyone is stupid, everyone is dumb. Thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, don't forget to subscribe. Click the subscribe button up top. Like button down below. Tell everybody you know about the show. Um, if you're an audio-only guy, you can subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, also on Spotify and iTunes, you can leave us five stars and a review. So go do that, please and thank you. Uh, it helps new people find the show, as well as you talking about the show, like I said. So tell everybody that you know. Uh, you can get us on Instagram at Sarcasm Speaks Pod. Oh, that reminds me also, quick plug here. Um, I posted it on the Instagram, but we are going to be bringing back the weekly Sarcasm Speaks NFL Pick'em. Um, so reach out to us if you want in. It's uh, six bucks a week or $108 for the season. Um, there is a weekly payout as well as a season-long payout. So let us know, reach out to us. Like if you want on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod or Twitter, sarcasm underscore speaks or Facebook, which is sarcasm speaks, uh, get, get us on any one of those social medias, text us if you have our number. Um, and we will get you the information to, uh, get through everything, get signed up and get ready to go. Uh, in the past few years, I think we've had upwards of like 25 people. Um, I think 25 was the most. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's been, I think all of last season, you at least got, like, if you won one week, you got your money back for the year. Correct. Yeah. So then if you won multiple weeks, you win. And then the season long paid out, you know, four times your money or so. Yeah. Yeah. I won the season long. Let's go. Which also means won, you probably won two or three weeks. A couple. I won a couple weeks too. Yeah. I made out pretty well last year. So, um. Hopefully I'll try and keep it rolling this year, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, we are bringing the, uh, the pick and pull back. So again, let us know, get in touch with us. Uh, we'll get you, we'll get you hooked up, get you signed up. Um, you can go to the icepod.com. Use the promo code below in the show notes to get $10 off your purchase over there. If you want a, an ice plunge, um, Additionally, you can go to noonbrew.com. I'm not drinking it during this show because it's the middle of the day. Um, but noonbrew.com is a great uh, magnesium sleep tea. Helps you sleep great. I love it. I drink it every night. Uh, promo code in the show notes will get you 10% off every single time you buy something over there. Uh, and then last but not least, we have mybookie.com. I uh, use the promo code sarcasmpod. 
uh, and they will double your first deposit when you sign up over there. Uh, so that is going to do it for us. Until next time, good night, everybody. <laughs>